Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I answer the question, what am I reading this week? This week I've got Laughing Gas, number one from Blackthorn Publishing. Okay, this is a weird one. This is another old comic from the Annals of History. This was published in June 1986 from Blackthorn Publishing, a company here in San Diego, actually. 786 Blackthorn Avenue, El Cajon, California, 92020. Not quite my backyard, but yeah, it's here in San Diego. So along with Pacific Comics, this is another local, homegrown San Diego comic publisher. Uh, Another one that has not quite stood the test of time. Side note, the cover spells it L-A-F-F-I-N apostrophe, Laffin, but the Indicia spells it as Laughing, L-A-U-G-H-I-N apostrophe. Later issues would show the Indicia as Laffin, F-F-I-N, but this first one doesn't, interestingly. And there were less than 10... Definitely less than a dozen, so maybe less than 10 issues of Laughing Gas. It just didn't go that far. And Blackthorn Publishing, I think by the early 90s, had uh, had gone away. But I found this copy on eBay, on a lark. I bought it. Anyway, this is another in my series of independent black and white comics from the 80s that I love. This is an anthology series. It's a parody series. Every issue was going to make fun of something. So the first issue is the Mutant Ninja Mutants issue. It features a variety of jump on the bandwagon and let's try to ride the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bandwagon. Because this issue features stories from the adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, the colossal nuclear bambino samurai snails, the adolescent maniacal samurai hares, the preteen, dirty gene, kung fu kangaroos, and the radioactive wrestling rodents. So yes, after the Turtles, by Eastman and Laird, made their debut in 1984, everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon and make the next mutated animal sort of thing. And it even says it here in the first editorial of the comic. The issue you have in your hands deals with the latest craze in mutant ninja samurai warrior soldier animal type comics. As well known, Eastman and Laird put out a very successful Ronin parody. So if you didn't know, Ninja Turtles was a parody of the Frank Miller Ronin comic. Then came the almost as successful radioactive hamster version. Uh, Not really. You're giving the adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters way too much credit. Suddenly, there was a population explosion of mutant animals we couldn't resist. So this comic features various short stories about those aforementioned critters. Their very first is the adolescent radioactive black-billed hamsters. I think they're the most famous of this sort of craze. Yes, they're the most famous of this craze, but raise your hand if you've ever heard of them before. And this is their untold story, like The Origin by Chin and Parsonovich. Uh, how this characters came to be, which is actually a parody. It didn't really happen this way. Chin calls Parsonovich in the middle of the night, uh, trying to figure out a variety of, of characters, such as the geriatric glowing gas-pumping geckos. Uh, that doesn't work too well. What about fish lords? Now, is that a 
Is that a parody of Troll Lords? I know that's another sort of small underground comic of the 80s. I think I've got like one issue of it. Don't remember reading it. Then there's the the new MSG agents. That's a parody of the new DNA agents, or DN agents, that is. So the art on that one is uh, kind of fun. It's kind of um, very thick lines, lines thicker than I would actually like. A lot of action crammed into each panel. There's a lot of stippling, creating textures and such. The story is all right. The jokes are kind of corny. The art is nice. The animal characters are drawn a little bit better than the human characters, I must say, though. Next up is the Radioactive Wrestling Rodents by, by McKillivray and Garcia. The art on this, compared to the hamsters, I think is a lot more polished. Again, it's all black and white, no gray tones or anything. It's just all stippling, hatching, cross-hatching, thickness of line. Uh, the human characters look much more human. The rodent characters look rodent enough because there's Mr. TV. He's a laboratory rat. There is Bulk Bolshevik, the squirrel, and Kung Fu Kid, the chipmunk. So, again, cashing in on a variety of crazes, Mr. TV is obviously a parody of Mr. T. And Bulk Bolshevik is a parody of Hulk Hogan, the Kung Fu Kid. Uh, well, he kind of looks like Storm Shadow or uh, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. They have one adventure against the Exterminator. Things don't go as expected. Plot-wise, it's just so pastiche. It's like a collection of 80s things. It's okay. There's a house ad for Hamster Vice. This is uh, Miami Vice, but with hamsters. In this particular issue, the, the hamsters... Let's see, what does it say here? In this issue, they come up against the notorious young adult hybrid underwater subnuclear Shaolin snakefist kung fu spiders. Okay, that's getting really over the top, trying to jump on the TMNT train. But anyway, Hamster Vice number two, black and white 32-page comic, full-color, laser-scanned covers, $2. Okay, $2 in 1986 is pretty expensive because a comparable Marvel or DC comic was around 60 cents, verging on 75 cents. Next is Colossal Nuclear Bambino Samurai Snails. This is also by, this is also by McGillivray, but art by Ice. The art in it is more cartoony. The human characters look caricatured. And then the main characters of the snails is just so outlandish. It's these snails that, you know, live near a nuclear power plant. And I can't tell if they're good guys or bad guys because they're attacking the main characters, the main human characters. They have to be driven off and everything. They actually eat one guy completely. So they seem much more villainous than the other sort of funny animal TMNT ripoff characters. The art is nice. There's a cool uh, rapid succession of six vertical panels that really has like a great feel of action. There's a lot of munching and crunching and gun shooting and everything. Of the two in the book so far, this has the least amount of like depth in terms of there's not a lot of, uh, you know, hatching, cross hashing, stippling and such to show perspective and depth. It works fine. Okay, another house ad from Blackthorn. You've heard of the SEALs and the Green Berets. Now get ready for the newest in the line of government defense. Cold-blooded chameleon commandos, issue number one. 
genetic mutation at its finest. So when a trend happens, everyone jumps on it. This is 32 pages, black and white, bi-monthly color covers. The next story is adolescent maniacal samurai hairs. In this one, Andy Ice does both the story and the art. I kind of like the art a lot better in this one than in the snails. It's basically a bunch of samurai hares, a bunch of samurai rabbits. Now, what's really, I kind of like this one the best because all of the characters have names. This is, I think, a better character of TMNT because, okay, see if you can get the joke here. Here's the various members of the group. There's Freeling, Clampett, Avery, Jones. Well, those are the names of famous Looney Tunes directors and creators. So props to them to naming these characters after those artists. Whereas the original Turtles, of course, are Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael, famous Renaissance artists. Well, here the hares battle the gophers because there's a batch of poisoned carrots menacing the town. I like the art a lot more than the other stories. Um, the plot is also fun. It uh, makes sense. I think this has been the strongest one so far. And lastly, we have Lee Mars Preteen Dirty Jean Kung Fu Kangaroos. Just the name, I like this one the most of all of, all of these parodies. Let me say that again. Preteen Dirty Jean Kung Fu Kangaroos. I love that. And this one is five characters instead of four, so breaking the mold of the turtles. And there's a couple of girls in the group compared to the other ones, which were all boys. This is Story and Art by Lee Mars. So this one's fun as well because the kangaroos have Australian accents. They do a little bit of Australian slang. I think the art is a little bit more amateur than the others, but not in a bad way. It just stands out compared to the others. It feels a lot more hyperkinetic, juvenile, and I think that's what they're trying to uh, portray the characters themselves. So it's the origin story of the kangaroos. Big explosion at a lab. They get powers. The usual. They're being imprisoned by the government officials. They want to break out. Go find their origins. Who caused the explosion? Well, you gotta go read the regular comic. Preteen Dirty Jean Kung Fu Kangaroos. Issue number one on sale soon. There's a few panels here where the background elements are very sparsely drawn and then the foreground characters a lot better. So it's an interesting way to draw that, but it still kind of feels cluttered, a little hard to, to kind of discern the action. So again, kind of very amateur style, not bad, just noticeable. I would say this is the second strongest of the, of the whole anthology. On the back page, we have a publisher's note from Steve Shanes, who name drops Shell Dorf as a person that worked in Blackthorn Publishing. Shell Dorf was the creator of the San Diego Comic-Con, that venerable institution that I have been lucky to go to for several years. So what I really like about reviewing these older comics is like kind of jumping in a time machine and looking at comics being published Various publishers, especially extinct ones, really stand out to me. What other books that they were publishing? What was the zeitgeist at that moment? And gleaning information, because I wasn't quite reading comics at this time. I started in, in a little bit later in the 80s. There was the specter of censorship and so forth. And then the bandwagon of the Ninja Turtles. And just the explosion of black and white, independently published comic books. I love that stuff. 
That's why this week I read Laugh and Gas, number one, from Blackthorn Publishing. It was entertaining. It was interesting to see this genre where everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you next week.